Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. In our busy day-to-day lives, we often don't stop to consider some of the ultimate questions of our very existence. Why are we here? Where are we going? What's it all about, anyway? You see, the same questions face all of us. We are all moving on, one day at a time, towards a destiny. Most people prefer not to think about what happens after life is over, much less prepare themselves for that inevitable day. Speaker Eugene Higgins brings to our minds today the idea presented in the Bible of two roads and two destinies. How important it is to locate ourselves on one of these roads. Are we on the wrong road? If so, how can we get on the road that leads us back to God? Well, very simply, we need to enter through a door. And that door, my friend, is the Lord Jesus Christ. We can only get on the road to heaven through Him. Today, Mr. Higgins presents to us the simple truths of the gospel message, how that Christ came into the world to make us right with God. Yes, this salvation is available to you today, now. Let's listen to Mr. Higgins as he explains his message entitled, Roadmap to Eternity. There are just two verses that we need to read, and they are tantamount to a roadmap to eternity. They give us from the Lord Jesus in a succinct form information that is vital as far as eternal destiny is concerned. So Matthew chapter 7, please, and verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. When we want to simplify a thing, when we want to boil a subject down to something that is easily grasped, we'll often talk about the ABCs of that discipline or that information. So allow me to say that there is an ABC when it comes to future truth, to what is commonly called eschatology or the the study of the future. And here they are. They're very easy to remember, and I think that they are extremely helpful. The first is this. We're all going there. We're all going there. This future that we're talking about is not something that relates to some other people who don't happen to be here tonight, nor is it something that only relates to people who believe it or people who belong to a a church like this. This is something that has to do with all of us. There are no bystanders here watching remotely the flow of traffic to eternity, and they're not related. We're all traveling to eternity. This is a future that has to do with all of us. The Bible is the only reliable source of information about that future. I recall once having gospel services north of Boston, and there were people coming to the meetings, and one of the things they said was, um, we're glad that when we come here, what we hear is the Word of God. Now, she said, for instance, in the church I go to, and she was telling me, I wasn't criticizing her church or her faith, she said, the church that my family and I go to, 
She said this Sunday there was a choir that was singing, there were some entertainers, there was a number of other things happening, and then the minister said at the end of the service, well, you know what, he said, we're out of time today, we don't have time to read the Bible, but come back next week and we'll try and fit it in. And she thought to herself, that's why we came. We came to hear the Bible, and they're having trouble shoehorning it into the, the service that they're having in the church. And she said, that's one thing why that, that makes us happy to come here is that we are hearing the Bible. That's what you will hear when you come to a gospel hall, God's word, because it is the only reliable source of information about that future. That's quite a mouthful to say, but you must understand that there is a reason why that is the case. There are numerous books that will purport to give us information about the future. They have one weakness, one fallacy. They are books rooted in this world. They are books written by people here who are projecting their thoughts out beyond what this pillar here symbolizes death, and they are imagining what is there based on their knowledge, based on the information they have. They are supposing what happens when a person dies. There are books that relate to people who see bright lights, or they see angelic beings, or they they suddenly see relatives that they once had on earth who are beckoning them, and they are telling us what they think is there. They're projecting their thoughts out. But this book, this book is rooted in that world. This book is not information from men living in this world who are guessing what is out there, but is information from the God of eternity who is telling us what is there. I have thought of it like this since I so often, as you dear folk, have to battle traffic. Imagine if you had a friend in a high-rise or what is more likely the helicopter is overhead, and you're in this huge tie-up, and you know how it is. The lane to your right, they're moving an inch, and you're not moving, so you've got your blinker on, maybe not even that, and you're determined to get over in that lane because it's it's moving, and of course you get over there and then your lane starts to move. But here you are stuck in this traffic, and, and basically what you can see is is a few cars ahead of you. In your rear-view mirror, you can see a few behind you and the cars on either side, if that's where you are in the lanes. However, you see the man up in the helicopter. He's commanding a view of the whole road. And if you happen to be able to catch his report, if it were reliable, you would not be getting the guessing, the thoughts of somebody who's projecting his thoughts down the road and imagining what the problem must be. This must be an accident, or this must be construction, or this is just rush hour. You're getting information from somebody who commands a view of the whole thing. And not just you, with a limited view of what's happening around you. That's the Word of God. When we turn to the Bible, we are getting information from the God who commands a view of the whole thing. He sees all of history. He sees all of eternity. He is the God of eternity. And thank God we have a book that communicates that information to us. Imagine if we didn't. Imagine a world without a Bible. Imagine a world without information from that God who loves you and who made you. Imagine a world in which we did not know what is coming. It is the Bible that is the reliable source of information. And the third thing is this, Christ is the only one who can prepare us for that future. He is the only one who can ensure that that future will be bright and blessed. He is the only one who can secure a safe future for men and women. Now, I know that that is perhaps the sore point that people find with Christianity. In our pluralistic society, it sounds like what you are saying is, everybody else is wrong and only Christians are right. Could I rephrase that, please? We're all wrong. We're all wrong. There was a day in my life when I found out I was completely, thoroughly, totally wrong. I was on the wrong road. I was heading to the wrong place. I did not know how to get on the right road. I was wrong. And that God is right. And that that blessed God has provided a savior for you, for me. He only had one son. And in all of history, that one son is the only one who could 
take our sins, suffer the judgment of those sins, endure the wrath of God, answer to heaven for every one of my crimes against the supreme court of heaven. And Christ is the only one who can save us because he is the only one who could die for sins and save men and women. There's something very perverse about our thinking. If God had provided 11 ways of salvation, we'd be arguing, why not 12? Why not 15? We would never be happy. Well, he had just one son. And that one son was able to do the mighty work of redemption. And he has provided salvation through that one son. We're all going to eternity. The Bible is the only reliable source of information about that eternity. And Christ is the only one who can prepare us, who can save us for eternity. So notice that in the words the Lord Jesus has given us, we have a striking revelation. He is giving us information to which we would perhaps not have access if it were not for him. Now, I know that ancient societies, and it is, at least to Christians, it is a mark of what the Bible says that God has put eternity in our hearts. Ancient civilizations have always had some concept of life beyond the grave. The Vikings imagined a Valhalla where retired warriors were waited on hand and foot and recounted their wonderful victories in battle. And those of a monastic turn of mind, they imagined Elysian fields where you sort of just meander around thinking of poetry and having nice thoughts. And other people imagine that it is a place of of physical gratification and satisfaction. Everybody wants a heaven that's like what they want. But the Bible presents to us heaven as the home of God and tells us that beyond death, there is an eternity in which we will exist forever. It identifies two countries in that world. Here in this world, there are many nations and dominions and empires and and emirates and kingdoms. But Beyond that pillar, beyond death, in eternity, there's just two places, just two countries, if you will. There is heaven from which the Lord Jesus came, and there is hell to which the devil is going. And every human being will be in one of those two places, not based on a decision made somewhere millions of miles away or in some other sphere, but every human being will be in one of those two places based on the choice he makes in life when it comes to God's word and God's son. And here the Lord Jesus is telling us that there is something beyond the grave and that beyond that grave, there is either life or destruction. He says, enter in at the straight gate, the narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Narrow is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. So if you would just for a moment look at this side of the chart. That part of the chart deals with the future for individuals. And if you would like to know your future, you could resolve that tonight by just a very, very simple thing. Find out where you are on the chart, and that will tell you where you will be after death. Find which road you're traveling, extend that road on beyond death, and that, according to the Lord Jesus, is where you will be forever. So imagine if no one else were here, just you, and you were to come up here and like a, like a general uses colored tacks to pinpoint where the battalions are, where the troops are. If you had to pinpoint tonight where you are, I'd be very thankful if you didn't make a hole in the chart, but if you had to pinpoint where you are, which road you're traveling, which would it be? Because all of us are traveling to eternity on one of these two roads, the narrow road or the broad road. Now, the Bible has terminology it uses to describe people on that road. Those on the narrow way, the Bible says they are saved, presently saved, delivered, rescued people. And Paul said, us which are saved. That's how we describe those who are on the narrow way, those who are redeemed. He said the the preaching of the cross, it's foolishness to those who are perishing, those on the Broadway, but to us which are saved. A remarkable change of pronouns, isn't it? Those who are perishing and us who are saved. 
those on the Broadway and us on the narrow way. So are you uh, on the Broadway lost or on the narrow way and saved? I would like, if God would help me, I would like to just give you some information that might help you determine which road you're on. I can tell you this, that according to the Bible, everyone who is on the narrow way was once on the Broadway. Nobody is automatically saved. Nobody comes into the world saved. Although babies, if they die as babies, will go to heaven because of the work of Christ and the value of his blood. We're talking now about adults. We're talking about people who know the difference between right and wrong. And everybody who was on the narrow way has a moment in his or her life, has a time, when that person discovered, I'm on the broad way. You have every right to ask me. You're preaching to us. When did you get on the narrow way? On July the 10th, 1966, I discovered that I was on the broad way. I discovered that according to the word of God, if I died that way, I would perish forever. That the most important thing in my life, the most important issue confronting me just as a young teenage boy was my eternal destiny. Where was I going to be forever? If I was on this road, as God said, then if anything were to happen to me, I would perish. I would lose everything forever. And that night I found out that that's the very reason why Christ came into the world. He came to save sinners. I was a sinner. That many came for me. And here was God's word promising me that if I would trust him, I would be saved. And I stepped, metaphorically, stepped from the broad way to the narrow way, from being lost to being saved. My destiny was changed in a moment's time by the Christ who died for me on the cross. Everybody on the narrow way was once on the broad way. So although many, many times as you listen to the gospel, a gospel preacher will likely ask his audience to just answer in their own minds, are you saved? Has there been a moment in your life when, when you became saved? I think that with the context of this subject before us, I could just take that one notch back and ask you, was there ever a time in your life when you found out you were lost? Was there ever a time in your life when you discovered I'm on the wrong road? Was there ever a time when you found out I'm, I'm on the broad way and I want to get on the narrow way? Because everyone who is saved was once lost, discovered that, and turned to Christ for salvation. And so, which road you're on will determine your future. The Lord Jesus is telling us in a striking way that we're all on one of two roads, that we're going to one of two places, and that we will be there forever. But you will notice that there is a gracious invitation, a gracious invitation when he says, enter in at the narrow gate, enter in at the straight gate. I noticed that the Lord Jesus could never talk about human destiny in a cold, factual, mathematical way. Chapter 13 of the Gospel of Luke, there's a man who asks a question that really brings up the subject of the two roads once more. He says to the Lord Jesus, or he asks the Lord Jesus, Lord, are there few that be saved? And the Lord Jesus doesn't give him a mathematical figure. He doesn't answer him in a cold way. He doesn't say to him, well, here are the percentage points. There are just so many saved and there are so many. He doesn't do that. He says to the man, strive to enter in at the straight gate. In effect, he is saying to him, don't worry about other people. Make sure you get in. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. And here again, the Lord Jesus does not just matter-of-factly say there are two roads. All of humanity is traveling through life on one of two roads, the narrow way to life, the broad way to destruction. No, no, when he is going to talk about the subject, he issues an invitation, enter in, enter in at the straight gate. I'm glad to tell you that that is a universal invitation. This is something that goes beyond ethnicity and nationality and religious denominations. This is something that is, is sent out to everyone. As the Lord Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 9, I am the door. By me, if anyone enter in, he shall be saved. 
Again and again in our Bible, we read that grand old word, whosoever. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Isn't that remarkable that the Lord Jesus will not allow our Bible to close without once more issuing that universal invitation? Revelation chapter 22, some of his last words coming from the throne of God to us here in this world. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. God is offering salvation to you. This is not an educational process where if you come 9, 10, 11 nights, then perhaps you will accumulate sufficient information that you could be saved. You could be saved here tonight by trusting Christ because this is a universal invitation. You could be saved right here because this is an invitation that's going out to everyone. There's something simple about it, isn't it? Enter in, enter in. I read once, it was rather amusing. I read a scientific description of what it's like to walk through a door and it was describing the pressure of molecules on your body at every point as you tried to move from one room to another room. But you don't think of that when you enter a door, do you? You just walk through, and a door can make such a difference. You could be outside exposed to a violent storm, and then you enter a door, and you're safe. You could be outside in a place of great danger, and then you enter a door, and there's safety. You could be on the Broadway, headed to everlasting destruction. But you come to Christ and trust Him, and it's like entering a door... And in a moment's time, because of Christ and Calvary, you are safe forever. How simple is that? In fact, many people imagine, well, that can't be the way you're saved because that's just, that, that's far too simple. But we're helpless sinners. And unless salvation were offered on the simplest of terms, we'd never be able to be saved. Do you understand that what we're preaching is not religion and you are not going to be given a list of rules by which if you live, you will be an acceptable Christian? We're here to tell you that the greatest person in the universe loved you and died on the cross so that you could be saved. And that living, exalted, glorified Son of God is offering you the greatest gift imaginable, everlasting life, salvation. And that on the simplest of terms, you can be saved. To everyone who has faced the fact that I am perishing, I am a guilty sinner, the message of the gospel goes out, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. See how personal it is. You know, it's possible all because of what he did at Calvary. It's only possible because the Son of God was willing to come and die so that men and women might be saved. I am the door. By me, if anyone enter in, he shall be saved. God is calling on you to enter in, to trust Christ, because he wants you, he wants you to be saved forever. And of course, this is something that is vital, isn't it? We're not talking about the weather report for the week ahead of us. We're talking about your future, where you'll be forever. I would posit to you that there is not another thing you will hear this week that will be so important as what you are hearing from God's Word. You could hear this presented better, and you could hear it presented in a more intelligible way than what I'm trying to do tonight. But how could you ever hear anything more vital, more essential, more important than truth that relates to your eternal well-being. And the Lord Jesus says, enter in, enter in. When I stepped through that door, I was a teenage boy. There was just one thing in my mind. I wanted to be sure that when I died, I'd be in heaven. I'll be honest with you. Um, I had no way of knowing. I should have known, but I had no way of knowing that by stepping through that door, I would enter into a new life, that I would experience in the kindness of God wonderful joy, in knowing Christ and serving him here, that I would end up with friends 
more than I could count. I, I need to tell you that everything in my life that I count precious, everything that I count sacred, everything that I love is all associated with the fact that that night I trusted Christ, the woman I married, the children I've had, the friends I know, what I'm trying to do with my life, everything in a Christian's life that is really of value all relates to the fact that he's saved, that he knows the Lord Jesus. I have no idea when I'm going to die. I'm not interested in death. I don't have a death wish. I really enjoy life. I love what I'm doing. I love my family. I hope I can go home to them. But when I do have to die, when that moment does come, wherever it is in the future, later tonight or later next decade or later in life, I have no idea. Whenever that moment does come, I took a step in 1966. I hate to say I made a choice. What happened that night was I trusted Christ as my Savior, and he saved me. And at that moment, my future was changed from hell to heaven, and he secured my soul forever. And that's how vital this is, friend, that what you do tonight with the Lord Jesus, your response to God's message to you, what the Bible calls the gospel, your response to that message tonight could, could make all the difference for you for eternity. So just let me close by pointing out to you that the verse presents to us final separation. Final separation. There is a separation that takes place now. I'm sure that you have caught that. Those on the narrow way are, are going to heaven and those on the broad way are going to hell. But that separation is not visible, is it? For instance, I was the last one in my family to be saved. My sister was saved. My brother was saved. My parents were saved. Here we were all under the same roof. We all had the same last name. We ate at the same table. We went on the same family vacations. We were together. But what an immeasurable chasm there was between them and me. They were on the narrow way going to heaven, and I was on the broad way going to hell. But, but you would never have detected that. Maybe if you talked to us, you would have found that they responded to the Bible and, and that they were interested in talking about the Lord Jesus. And that was the last thing that interested me. Maybe you would have been able to detect it that way. But just by looking at us, you would never have seen that there was a, a difference, a separation. But of course, what we're talking about is a separation that is final, that is eternal that never changes, that there is a broad way that leads farther and farther away from God, that there is the narrow way that takes a person to life and heaven to live forever with God, that we're all on one of those two roads, that where we will be forever will be determined by what we do with the Lord Jesus, and that the most important thing in your life is to be sure that you will be in heaven forever. That's what God wishes for you. That's what the Christians who meet here wish for you. I can join them in that. That's what I wish for you. That every person within the sound of my voice tonight will trust Christ, will leave this meeting on the narrow way and saved for eternity. You say, well, how could that be? Well, here's how the Bible puts it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust Christ and you will be saved. What a wonderful message the Bible contains. There is salvation for us on the simplest terms. And Christ has provided the way, the door to heaven. By his suffering on the cross for our sins, we can have peace with God and know for sure that someday, maybe sooner than we even expect, we will be in heaven with him. But friend, you need to get located first. We trust that you've discovered your position on the roadmap of life today and that you will make that turn to Christ and enter through the door that God has provided. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. 